With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're delighted to have partnered with NordVPN again for this season. We partnered with them last year and they are, of course, a supporter of Rangers FC as an official sponsor there. And best of all, we can give you an exclusive NordVPN deal. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, you will get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free, completely risk-free. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee with Nord. And look, I use this product. I would highly recommend it. I used to work in web, so I know how easy it is to steal people's data, especially if you're using a a Wi-Fi system that that is a shared one or you're using uh, 4 or 5G, then your details can be out there. With NordVPN, they're absolutely not. And there are other advantages to it as well. Um, You can watch sporting events that maybe aren't being shown in your region. Um, You can purchase flights from different virtual locations, and they do make your flights cheaper. This is very, very useful. What a price is in the UK isn't the same as what a price is in America or a price is on the continent. Um, NordVPN can save you money. Um, you can buy purchasing subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price uh, and you protect your data while traveling and using public Wi-Fi. I keep coming back to that. Anyone who's at the hassle of a cancelled card will know what I'm talking about. So all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll get a huge discount off your plan and one month additional free completely risk-free i urge you to do it Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar and as always I am your host and I'm joined this week on the show by my good friend, the owner-operator of Four Lads Had a Dream, it's Stevie Clifford. Good afternoon, Stevie. Hello everyone. Hi David, thanks for having us on the show. So yesterday we thought we'd have a nice wee quiet cup tie at home, lower division side, pretty straightforward, maybe see a few players that, that we hadn't seen and looking forward to it. And, well, that turned it to be the exact opposite of that. Rangers appalling in the first half, going in 1-0 down. In the second half, 
back in, it looked as though we were going to go on and win it. One of the most bizarre incidents that I've seen in all my time going to Ibrox and a massive talking point after it. Now, first things first, Stevie, let's get the caveat out of the way of it's the cup, it's always important to get through, yada, yada, yada. But in all the goal and uh, allowed goal discussion, and we will get to that, obviously, let's not overlook that, especially that first half, that was a shambles of a performance from Rangers. Yeah, I really blame myself because um, on the way there to the game, David, we said how lovely it had been this week that we had had some time off, no midweek game and social media had been quiet. So we had a chance just to, to chill out and enjoy some downtime. And then obviously Rangers said, hold my beer, mm. we'll sort that for you. So yeah, um, didn't expect it to go the way it did yesterday, but you're right about the first half. The first half was really disjointed. I thought they started okay. And then very quickly they got, you know, how's the best way to describe this? They got kind of mudded down. They, they got bogged down and, and they didn't find space. They weren't getting any width and there was no pace in, in, the, in the attack, which made it all very predictable. It was easy for Thistle to defend. And then Thistle started to get more into it. They started to, to create their own wee chances and a couple of fantastic saves from Alan McGregor kept it as nil-nil and we thought I certainly thought maybe that you know that might waken them up and then the, the, you get the VAR decision which you know as, as soon as he goes to the monitor you're pretty much resigned to the fact that they're getting it and then it's it's at half time you're, you're concerned about where we were and, and what was going on but I was pleased we spoke yesterday on the pre-match show I was pretty pleased about who we were going to see Cantwell on the left and we're going to see a bit of Hadji and stuff but it just didn't work they were all very similar Malik Tillman was quiet um, because I think that these guys all play they're all very similar and there's no legs in there David there's no pace there's no running beyond or running off them so I even think you know just one one change in that three might have might have really helped them but it's no criticism of Michael Beal because I can't be I can't criticise him when I said I was looking forward to seeing the, the teams that, or the players that he'd picked in the team. So it just didn't work and it wasn't the right blend and it, and it really was bleak. I don't think we tested the, the goalkeeper once in the first half. So, we didn't. Didn't have a shot in target. Uh, so there you go then. That's that's kind of where we were. A couple of you know crosses from Borna and stuff. But aside of that, we needed a lot more. Antonio Cholak was very isolated. So we had to make changes. I think we were saying at half time there could easily be three or four changes here. Mm-hmm. And we and we wouldn't have been surprised, but he, he did make the ones that made the difference. That's for sure, and you've seen it instantly with with um, the movement and things. So, but as for a first half, probably as poor as it's been under Michael Beal. I think yesterday, I've got to say that I, I thought the attitude was wrong in the first half. The the team played with a sense of it's only Partick Thistle, and we're at home and in the cup, and we're going to win. They seemed surprised that. Partick came and made it a cup tie. And it was a cup tie. <laughs> and it was a big day for Partick. They had a massive away support. It was a big, big day for them. And they went out and had a right go. And I, and I think that caught our players on the hop, as you say. Because if you look at, say, the performance of Kamara compared to what he did at Tynecastle a couple of weeks ago, there was no urgency. It was the kind of the worst version of Glenn Kamara that we see. Where, and Obviously, he's the first I'm getting to, but he certainly wasn't the only one where he just was slow. He he, he wasn't making the 
the quick moves to intercept the ball. His passing was off. And I think that, as you say, the, the three in front, they couldn't get anything going at all. The passing was not good. Um, the movement wasn't good. We weren't stretching Partick in any way. I don't think Tav's playing well. I don't think he's played well all season, in all honesty. Um, and it really was a bit of a mess. Let's start then with the the penalty for Partick Thistle. Handball given by VAR. Um, probably no surprise after the last few weeks uh, that has been ramped up in the media. But as our qualified referee, Stevie, or, or one of them, was it a penalty by the current laws or do we have a, a case to be upset about? Is it a penalty by the current laws? Yes. Do we have a case to be upset? Yes. It's one of those ones, David. Now, bear in mind that we, we saw it in live time and then we've then saw it. I think the only version I've saw is, is on your phone, the clips that the, the guys had put up on the chat. So I've I've only seen that. I haven't seen the proper highlights as yet. But um, unfortunately, when your hand's out like that, then you're, you're asking the question completely. I think we've got a right to say you know, in, in normal circumstances, perhaps that's a, a difficult one to give. But by the letter of the law, you know, it's it's you're not going to get away with it these days. So I think Antonio Cholak's very unlucky. But I think we have to we have to um, admit that his arm is out is out in front of him. And when that happens, then you know. But it's all it's, it's very difficult, David, because it's it's natural movement and stuff. You know, I don't think he's deliberately moved his hand up to get it. I just think he's found himself in that position where that's where his arm naturally is. So very difficult one. Um, but sadly, I've got to say that I think that it is a penalty on this occasion by the letter of the law. Uh, I was very upset about it. And then somebody pointed it to me that we got one against St. Johnston a couple of weeks ago. that was quite similar. Uh, and I think the handball rule was a mess at the moment. I really do. I think that's the issue. I think it's the the actual law is creating so much controversy rather than you know what we're what we're seeing the referees do because I think referees are just now some of them are a bit confused about what's what and you see it in England and and you see you know some of the let's look at the the West the, Ham. the yeah, Chelsea West, West Ham one, one yeah. for example where we spoke about this David yesterday that the the law says that you can use a hand to, to block your fall and if the ball hits it then you know it's 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 not going to be um given against you but you know that that boy's tipped that wide we all know that everybody knows that and i think that everybody said it was a penalty kick but the law that they hide behind or or use as as their discretion to say it's not a penalty is the one we've just discussed so it's is really difficult and i think they've overcomplicated it i think they've made it far too difficult to understand so Unfortunately, we were on the wrong side of it yesterday. Um, but as you say, we, we have had ones that have went for us in the past as well. So given that, as you pointed out before we even started this, the, the, the way that the um, coverages went the last few weeks, it was bound to get one where, you know, we're going to have to just give it kind of thing. And I think that's where we were yesterday. So to, of course, uh, the the bizarre incident, Um, first of all, Malik Tillman, who was brilliant in the second half, absolutely sensational, he um, is on the end of a bad tackle, which the referee missed. He goes down, um, and and he was lucky, by the way, not to be injured. I thought it was a shocker, and I would have wanted VAR to to intervene on that one. I thought it was a red card, but uh, because I think the boy stamped him, and I think he knows what he's doing. But um, they don't. 
Rangers play the ball out for a throw. Partick Thistle then are going to return the ball to Rangers, but do that thing that teams do. And I think that's an important point to mention. Teams, this is not against the convention of what teams do. That they throw the ball into one of their players, who then hoofs it up to the goalkeeper. They don't give you it back in the spot that you were in. We know that. However, he's fanny in a boot, not getting away from it. He miscontrols the ball, and Tillman thinks. Well, I don't know why it was their throw anyway. He didn't know what was going on. So he thinks the ball was there to be won, which it is, because the guy is fannying about with the ball and Tillman isn't aware. He hasn't seen him make the gesture that he's going to return the ball. So he goes in, takes it, runs through. Lovely finish, actually. Um, and cue Bedlam. Bedlam breaks out. Partick Thistle players very upset, understandably. Rangers players weighed in as well. And the referee eventually calms it down. Michael Beale instructs his players to let Partick Thistle score. I don't think the Rangers players are too happy about it. Alan McGregor certainly isn't happy about it. He, in fact, um, I think for a minute, Stevie thinks about, I'm just going to save this. <laughs> I think he really did. Um, but It would have been very funny if he just... It would have been very, so. very funny indeed had he done that. But he lets them score. Ibrox goes... Fucking mental. I can't think of another phrase for it, folks. I apologise for the language, but my God. Uh, And look, I'm going to be very honest here. So did I. I was raging, absolutely raging, that we had allowed them to do that. And couldn't understand why. My first thought was they wouldn't have done it for us. Um, and then we've heard from Michael Beale subsequently, he said the reason that we did it, it was a misunderstanding. Tillman didn't know what was going on. Uh, we wanted to, uh, we, we didn't want it following him around. He actually said, I'll tell you the reason why I did it. I didn't want this following him around and it being the story of the game. He's a brilliant player. Um, he's a very honest player. I wanted it just done, over with, and it now is. And to be honest, I think a couple of days it will be. And it's drawn a mixed reaction from the support. I think it's fair to say, I noticed there was a poll on Follow Follow um, that was sitting about 60-40 in favour that we all did the right thing. But that's a sizable chunk of people. It was about 3,500 the last time I checked had voted on it. But it's a sizable chunk of people who don't think it was the right thing. Social media being what it is, you get people who are falling over themselves to defend it and people who are falling over themselves to be angry about it and never the twain shall meet. Although I think a lot of people have said to me today that they've gone away, thought about it, listened to the manager, calmed down in the emotion of the game and have come round to the idea that it maybe was the right idea. Now, I know I'm a lot calmer about it, Stevie, because we won, right? I know I'm a lot calmer about it. And had we lost, then I would have felt differently. Had we lost to Partick Thistle at home, though, I would be feeling very different anyway because it would have been an absolute shocker of a result, a totally unacceptable result. and There's no getting away from it. I mean, it would have been a cataclysmic result. So, yeah, uh, I accept that that plays uh, a role in my thinking. What I think about it is there's a few things. Somebody said to me, would you have done it against Celtic? And no, I wouldn't have. And if that makes me a hypocrite, fine, but... I fucking hate Celtic, so, you know, by fair means or foul, then I, 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 that doesn't bother me. 
But there is a bit of me, and maybe it's nineties Rangers fan. I can hear you know the younger the younger listeners going, "Ah, you're such a da." But I just I don't think Rangers should need goals like that to beat Partick fucking Thistle at home. No offense to them, but you know we we're bigger than that. We're better than that. So while I really didn't like it at the time, I've probably come around to saying, you know, given where we're sitting on the Monday, it was just about the right decision. But then, um, it's a tough one. I mean, as I say, I mean, I spent last night. I said to you coming out of the game, I, was, I, I don't know where I am on that, and and there's still arguments both ways for it. I tend to think that if it had happened in a game that didn't involve Rangers, I would have thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah, um, a lot to unpack there. But if we rewind it at the time, I had no idea what went on because. That tackle, David, that we did, we discussed, and I think it's worth spending a minute on, I actually was just writing down a note of the time to say go and check that later because I thought it was particularly dirty at the time. Now, I can't remember if I mentioned to Martin at the time I said that's a that's a naughty one. Now, they were putting in a lot of little niggly. There was elbows. There was barges. There was quite, you know, they were leaving the foot in quite a few times. Now, I noted down, got it in my book, and just said, go and check that, go and have a look at that. Now, having looked at it again, David, it's particularly naughty because when he lands his foot, the, you know, people are saying it's just how he landed his foot naturally. It's not. If you watch what he does, he actually deviates where he's going to put his foot to make sure he, he lands it right on Malik Tillman. I think we've got a very strong case to be saying, we need to we need to ask why that's not a red card or or what what was if he wasn't trying to do that why did he make that movement now I'd ask people just to go and watch it again it's his left leg watch where he's going to land it and then where he actually I think he knows what he's doing oh of course he does of course he does now is that endangering an opponent is that um, serious foul play you're right on the line there so I've noted that down now as. Um, I'm writing down notes to go and look at that. Um, I've went back and when I've looked up, Malik Tillman's been cleaned through. So I missed the throw. I've missed him dallying about. And just to explain to people, you know, when we do reports and when we, we take notes, David, as you know, and we and we kind of update things as we go so that it's ready to go out and people can read it, you know, as quickly as possible after. So I've, I've, I've just watched them go clean in. Um He's rounded the goal, he put it in, and I, I don't understand the reaction, so it's completely took me by surprise. It took Martin to say to me, and I'd be like, what's going on? Is And I thought, silly at the time, I thought, see, because he rolled his foot over and he's kind of showed the skill to, to make the goalie fall and, and then put it in, I thought they were upset at him doing that, as if he had taken the, the kind of piss, so to speak, out of them. And I didn't realise what had went on at all. So Martin then explained. It became obvious what Michael Beale was saying. And I'm like you at the time. I'm like, I need to go and watch all this again. I didn't want to overreact at the time. But I think it helped the fact that we got to listen to not only Michael Beale, but Ian McCall explain it at the time and then go from there. But I'm, I'm like you, very fickle from my own point of view, because we won it in the end and I, I'm relaxed and I can say, look, it was the right thing to do and I'm glad that as a club, Michael Beale's leading us that way and it'll get us a lot of good press and and had it went the other way, you know, people would have went, I had a, had a field day that, you know, Rangers need to cheat to win and blah, blah, blah. 
if it was an old farm, would I want us giving them anything? No, absolutely not. But that's a different that's a different argument. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that people, you know, have had a lot to say about this today, and and I understand some of it. A lot of people are extremely angry about what happened ten years ago, and and think that we should be, you know, we don't give them anything, and and you know, no matter who. Nobody in Scotland tried to help us, so it's 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 still all out modern warfare, etc., against them, and we should have just done it, scored it, and tough on them. I get it. I'm not sure I entirely agree in this situation, David. Like you said, a home game against Thistle, you know, live on the telly, etc. I just don't think we needed to do that. I think the whole thing is a misunderstanding. A lot of people have said, could the referee have done anything? Referee can't do anything unless he circumvents something and says, you know, it's a foul throw, quietens everybody down, quickly explains what's going on to Malik or whatever, which he, he could have done, but then essentially he's he's cheating in a sense because there was nothing wrong with, with what went on. He has to let it play. You know, it's just unfortunate. I understand what Michael Beale says, I understand what Ian McCall says, and that and that to me is fine. It's not a situation where I know it divides opinion, and I know, and I, I understand it. This, I think this is the vital thing, David. I think sitting here, we can understand what people are saying, but it's. I just think, I'm with you, I just don't think we need to be there. I don't think we need to do that in a game like that. Um, or not do that, because that, that, that makes it seem like... Malik so we deliberately did it, yeah. No, it's not like... I don't think we need to, to win off of, a, off of an accidental situation then. It's a better way to describe it. So I'm with you on it. And and yes, look, I think that if we had been sitting here and it was entirely different that that had happened, we might have had a completely different opinion on it. So I get it. Maybe it's just a, a bit more rationale. I think that sometimes in a position like that, David, I find that listening to the managers straight away, more or less, helps me kind of calm down and, and see the, the rationale behind it all. So that it certainly helped me yesterday. And I left... I wasn't too up nor down. I certainly wasn't as angry as some people were on social media and stuff. I thought that some I think a lot of that's people... performative. Now. Yeah, I really I do. Think yeah. Some of the reaction was was very much like. Oh, that. I mean, I like people. He needs sacked for that, and you're like, really. But um, the uh, McGregor thing was funny though because if oh, we if we that I would have defended to the hilt. Yeah. That if and I accept yeah. that I would have been wrong and going against everything I said, and I'm a hypocrite, but I would have pissed myself laughing had Alan McGregor point blank refused to do that. And when he dropped his knees later on when he came for a ball, I thought that was one of the funny. I, I love him. I mean, just yeah, he's, very, I know he's coming to the end of his, his time, but uh, two great saves right enough yesterday. But um, we, we can see what he's doing though, David. I don't know if anybody else would have maybe on telly or at the game, but we watched. So it, it kind of went through the players, didn't it? And then it went back to Alan, and you can see him shaking his head. He was shaking his hand. He was like, no, uh, no uh, effing way, I believe, was yes. the phrase that was used. But oh. um, good professionally backed in. But in, in terms of the arguments, right, the genuine ones, the, there are arguments that I disagree with, but I accept. Um, and there are arguments that I, I just dismiss. And on that... The first one being, I just think Rangers should win at all costs. It was an accident. We didn't mean it. The boy dicked about. It was his fault. It was a legit goal. That's fine. Might not agree with it, but that's an acceptable, not acceptable, but that's an understandable point of view to me. The ones I don't get 
and there are two in particular that I just I can't see. Firstly, the one that it's weak from Michael Beale. It's not weak, it's the opposite of weak. There's 40,000 people in there screaming at him not to do it. He gets booed shitless. He then puts himself in a position where he might still get knocked out the cup by Partick Thistle at home. A disastrous result from which his Rangers managerial career might never recover from. It's the opposite of weak. It's actually saying... This is my principle. I'm going to do this. And again, you can disagree with the principle, but it's more difficult to stick to your principles in adverse situations when it's going to go against you. It's easy to do it when you're 5-0 up. It was more difficult to do it then. And also, it was he backed his team to go on and get the win. So for me, it's the opposite of weak. It's the opposite of weak management. And that feeds into the second argument, which I've seen, which is I because he wants everybody in Scottish football to like him. What more than Rangers fans? You really genuinely believe that Michael Beale is more interested in people who don't support Rangers liking him than people who support Rangers like him. Because that is so uh, cataclysmically stupid and quite self-evidently not the case. They won't get him the sack. We will. Rangers fans will get Michael Beale the sack. This is his dream job that he's desperate to do well in. Do you really think he sat down and went, right, okay, now I know all the fans here want me to do this, but I want Partick Thistle fans to like me more than I want them to like me, so therefore I'm going to be weak. And it's a nonsense. By all means, say you want Rangers to be a cutthroat, we just do you know, what we can't win and we don't care how we get there so long as we win. I'm a great admirer, as long-term listeners as you'll know, teams like Bayern Munich and Juventus because, as I say, they've got that brilliant, evil, arrogant quality that they just smash everything uh, from the sides and they don't care. But there's a way of doing that. You know, it's not doing things like that. That's kind of, you know, that sort of pissy, low-class behaviour. With Bayern, it's about being, we're big and arrogant and we don't care. We don't care what you think about any and we're going to go and steal all your best players and all that kind of thing. And we just keep buying the best players in the Bundesliga to win titles. That's what Rangers did um, previously. I just don't really want us doing, you know, like, I don't want us doing Calciopoli to win like Juventus did, you know? That's not the model I want us to go down. So... Uh, that one and then another argument which I saw posted was, do you think Celtic would have done that? I don't give a fuck if Celtic would have done that. The last thing I ever want Rangers doing is behaving the way that Celtic do. They're the antithesis of everything that I want Rangers to be. So that one didn't work for me. But like I say, it's an emotional thing. And I think that, you know, in general, in, in what has been a relatively quiet period. I, I'm more concerned yesterday with the level of performance than I am about Michael Beale's decision, Stevie, to let them score a goal. Yeah, um, before we, we really should talk a wee bit more about decision and um, selection and things like that, but just a wee point on that. Anybody that thinks that, that, that Michael Beale enjoyed making that decision, watch him when Ian McCall goes to shake his hand, watch his face, watch how he's feeling. He knows what he's doing. And, and the other side of it as well, David, is that the man management side of it, people have said that he's thrown Malik Tillman under the bus. It's the complete opposite. It's the biggest kind of protection you possibly could have given a player by doing what he done. He's completely taken him out of the firing line. He's taken him out of the limelight. He's made it about him more than it will ever be about Malik Tillman now. And in that dressing room, he's saying, you know, I will protect you. I will 
um, you know, you boys go to the wall for me and I will protect you every turn. And I can't help but think and hope that sitting in the dressing room, they're like, wait, we've got a manager here who will protect us at all costs, so we're going to run ourselves into the ground. I would really hope that's the the kind of turn we get from that yesterday. But moving on, I think you've I think you've covered everything. I I I'm like you. I understand some things that people say, and, and others I just think it's noise. And I'm, I'm not, and you know me, David. I'm not interested in the slightest what they do or 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 you know the standards that they held. And I seen the clip today of of what they did in the 94th minute at Ibrox last season. Yeah, when they didn't give us the ball back and stuff like that. I would want us to do the exact same thing. So I'm not going to be hypocritical there. We don't like them. They don't like us. Let's move on from that. Yeah. But on the actual performance, David, there's there's a lot to discuss. And I think one of the things, and I asked Michael Beale about this afterwards, and, and the question was, you know, it's not the first time he sat in front of us and said, that's not a good Rangers performance. That's not where I want it to be. We were miles off. Now, he's last week he used the word fussy. He said we were over fussy and we overcomplicated things, etc. This week he used the word lousy. So there's been quite... You know he's been quite objective in in the words he's used, and and I think he's 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 right. But there's a, a discussion to be had whether or not he's been too influential, and he said it himself, which I always find quite interesting. Is he tinkering too much? Is he um, moving away from his basic kind of principles, David? Which I think is is affecting things. Yeah, I mean, I think it, he said we're not going to make many changes, and understandably because you know we've two weeks between games, and then he makes seven. And I think we've discussed this before. I think he's too open. I think he needs to just be a bit more controlled in what he says. I mean, it's great for the likes of us because we've loads to talk about after a Michael Beale press conference and interview. But I do think he could do for his own good. We just coming it down, being a bit more boring, you know, for want of a better term. I think there's a balance between him and where his style and say Geo's, which just completely shut down all discussion. Um, I think that there's a balance to be reached. Gerard was very good, I thought, at making a point in a, a kind of concise and clipped and straightforward fashion. Um, whereas I think Beale is just much more open, and but that's who he is. Um, and that's that's another side of it. This Rangers team, this Rangers squad, coasts it coasts, and it does it during games. And it does it even in matches that they're, they're superior in. And they lack, for me, that ability to know when to do it. I don't think it's deliberate. And that's why it's probably more of a concern. Because I don't think they, they say when we're a goal up, right, let's just let's just stop and you know let them back into the game. I, I don't think that's it. But they have a, a natural inclination to coast when they get now that's happened under three managers though Stevie so at some point you begin to think well it's the players rather than rather than the bosses because we've had three quite different bosses uh, in their personalities and and this happens the other thing that kind of frustrated me yesterday was as I say I don't think they approached that like a cup tie Um, and if you're going to make a lot of changes uh, and send the message that this is a team we should be beating. There's nothing wrong with that, but then the application has to be there, and it wasn't there in the first half. And I asked Tav afterwards um, when he came in for the, the press conference, do you think that sometimes this team relies too much on being reactive? And by that, is it, it sometimes seems to take something happening bad in a game to get them moving, to get them going. Yesterday it was... Christ, we were 1-0 down at home to Partick Thistle at half time. And as you say, they, they got back into it, missed a penalty that, you know, should have been 
and then the game put to bed afterwards. But but Tav's missed that, um, and I think it it, it was it, it was it's that reactive thing that they have in them sometimes, and I they need to apply them or be able to apply themselves over ninety minutes. I think yesterday a big part of that was no Goldson. I think he is absolutely the on-field leader of the side. I think he is the one that will go around and shout and you know talk about standards. And it's actually quite interesting because it, it coincides with something I watched at the weekend in the, the Chelsea-West Ham game uh, on BT when Joe Cole and Rio Ferdinand were bemoaning the lack of talkers on in football these days and saying, you know, when, when we were growing up, you were encouraged, you were told, I want to hear you by coaches. You need to be shouting. Right, if you see a teammate that's dropped ten percent, you get over and you get in his face and you get him told. You pick that back up, right? You this isn't acceptable. You don't need to be Roy Keane, but you know, just like and the Rangers teams we remember the great ones. They had Ian Ferguson, Richard Goff was the captain, but they had Ian Ferguson, Stuart McCall, John Brown, Ali McCoy's, Mark Hately, Andy Gorham, guys that wouldn't be slow to chin you and say you've dropped, get it, get us back up. Um, and maybe it is a generational thing, but for for me, the only one who does it at Rangers, uh, you've got you know Tav leads in a different way. He's more of your kind of, uh, I think, example, and he's he, he plays a very big part in the dressing room. But on the field, I worry when Goldson isn't there because he's the one that goes around and, for want of a better word, takes people's face off. Alan McGregor as well, without. Gold's in there, or, and there's only so much a goalkeeper can do, and that's why I don't like a goalkeeper as a captain. But for me, the on-field leader of that Rangers team is Conor Goldson, and I think you see, even in a game like that yesterday, where it shouldn't have been an issue, that it was. We spoke a lot about it. I said uh, two or three times in that second half, I don't feel like I'm in control. Uh, I don't. I didn't feel comfortable, David. You know, you can watch games sometimes where it's maybe 2-1 or, or 1-0 or whatever, and you, you're still relatively comfortable, although you might not want to say it out loud because it's the old, I don't want to jinx this. Yesterday, I felt really on edge. I didn't feel comfortable. And you're right about Conor Goals, and we've we've had the benefit of being in an empty stadium, and, and we've seen that side of it, you, much more than me. But, um, you know, he is a, a fantastic leader in that sense. He's certainly a big talker. And I also think, you know, to a lesser extent, and this is going to sound... This is going to sound maybe a wee bit silly to people. I think Ryan Jack's like that in the midfield. Now, I know Ryan Jack can have games where he's maybe not as dominant as as he always is, but I thought we missed his control yesterday. I understand why Glenn Kamara played, but I can't see Raskin and Kamara having that level of control. I would love to see Raskin with Ryan Jack or John Lundstrom, Tynecastle away where they're dominant and controlling. So I understand why Ryan Jack, you know, they manage the minutes and Lundstrom obviously carrying the injury. When you talk about coasting, David, which I think is a, a brilliant analogy of this Rangers team, you know, most teams do it when they're 4-0 up. You know, at half-time, it's one of those games where how many times you see a team being 4-0 up at half-time, then it finishes. Oh, I, yeah, finishes probably, I, I've seen countless games at Ibrox where Rangers have been 4 up after 50 minutes and that's it done. Yes. Thousands. Well, unfortunately, this team do it when it's 0-0. Yes, and they they don't seem to realise now. That's something we need to break the the mould off. I think that's deep rooted in terms of individuals and stuff like that. Now I don't want to 
single out anybody, but I thought we missed the control at centre-back and I thought we missed it in the centre of midfield. I thought we were very easy to to bypass at times. So that was certainly a big problem. I agree with you on Conor Goldson. You know, we, I've always been a, a huge Conor Goldson fan. always spoke very highly. Um, our good friend CJ is the exact same. And we, we've all spoken, David, about what he brings. Now, when he was out, I think people maybe appreciated that more than ever. But I think a game like that yesterday, I think really, really highlights it again that we can't afford. And I thought Ben Davis, look, I thought Ben Davis and, and, and James Sands were fine. You know, there wasn't much that they did wrong, in a sense, defensively, because if you look at the goals... Yeah, you know, they were leaders. Yeah, they were atrocious for the second. The whole team just... I, I you mean, know, boy just walked through. But um, aside of that, they can't do anything with the penalty kick, and, and they were overall fine. But I'm like you, I just... We need that, that sense of leadership, and I think that um, that that was that was definitely missing yesterday, and it allowed them to float along. I also think, and something I would like to kind of ask you, David, that Michael Beale said a couple of weeks ago in his, his pre-match press conference before Ross County, if I remember correctly, he said that we've now got the numbers we can afford to play without Alfredo and Ryan Kent. Mm. I just don't think that's true in the, in the slightest. I think that even on an off day, Ryan Kent brings so much to that team, and I think yesterday. The, the big change, and I'll give Kamar Roof credit as well because his movement is really, really good. And I would probably go as far as to say, maybe controversially, that Kamar Roof's movement is the best that we have in that number. No, I don't, think, I don't think that's controversial at all. I think he's a very... Into, I mean, I, I think he's just a high level. That's his biggest strength, I think, is his movement. Uh, he's a good finisher too. But he, no, I I haven't been totally instantly in, you know. Yeah, straight away. Mean, yeah. Aye, and Ryan Kent, he, he pops up and he... he he occupies. Ken offers the drive for a team yes, that often lacks it. it. And we, Ken we, offers that. We didn't have that at all in the first half, and that was a big difference between first and second half and, and how we created and um, and how we kind of got back into it. So they were the they were the, the obvious changes, I think, at half time. But I, I'm I'm there with you in terms of Michael Beale said afterwards as well, which was interesting. He said that maybe he messed about with the spine of the team. You know, there's maybe seven or eight that never ever come out of the team, and, and kind of, I think that's where we are. We're certainly at that point now where, um, we're recovering from a, a difficult start to the season and difficult results. Where I still think we're too fragile to be making seven changes, David, and mm. I think that showed that yesterday. No, I totally agree with that. And um, on a on another point there that you mentioned was about the midfield and that drive I spoke about early signs and as very early is that Raskin when he settles is going to be that type of player he's already impressed I think in his two his, his 10 minute appearance as a sub and then obviously his first start yesterday because he's shown to me that he's a different type of midfielder to what we have which is somebody who does have that sort of buzzing energy but in a forward motion you know, just all the time I want to get forward. And of course, he's there to set up the equaliser with a lovely assist for uh, Antonio Cholak to, to nod home. And that, I think, if we can get that, get him in settled, utilised, could be massive because it, it is an area that I do feel that we sometimes lack is somebody that will grab a hold of the ball in midfield and belt forward, streak forward at pace, moving it quickly, looking to release people. Um, and I think that guys like Kent and Roof thrive off that. Yeah, the word I would use to describe him is something 
again we've mentioned together talking is is progressive i think that's what he is he plays with his head up he's always looking to play it quickly and he's always looking to set a tempo now we've we've talked about midfield needing an upgrade for for years and years and we have you know i think that's entirely fair he's completely different which i think's exciting if you put him in next to you know we've listened to people saying Lundstrom, Jack, Kamara is is too similar and there's not a lot of drive and there's, you know, and there's not a lot of progression when we get to the forward areas. And I would agree with that. And I think we've all said that. I think Stephen Gerrard, way back in 2019, when it was Davis, Kamara, Jack was kind of talking about he needed something different in his midfield. And then you look at potential targets the last few years, you understand what they've been looking for. Now, I think we've got a gem in this boy, David, I really do. If you think that he hasn't played in, in maybe three, four months properly, mm. he's shown real signs. Now, we need to give him time. We absolutely have to give him time. But I think he'll go from strength to strength. I think he's a wee he's a wee bulldog in that midfield. And I don't mean that in the sense of snarling about. I just mean no. he's just a bundle of energy. He's just he's he's got that drive, he's got that zip. If you can find the right partner with him. You know, and and it depends on how he clicks. It might be John Lundstrom, it might be Ryan Jack, it might even be Glenn Kamara. The more they play together, I think you'll you'll really thrive with with somebody that can anchor the midfield while he buzzes about and plays that progressive passing. So, it's it's really exciting to watch him. I was really um, pleased with his his performance yesterday. He popped up and done really well for the assist for the first one, mm-hmm. and I think he's. It was more. What excited me, David, was the range of passing. Um, some of the, the long balls he played was right on point. And also, just the speed and the progressive nature of it. He's always looking to break lines and, and play those balls forward and zip it about. So I think he'll do really well, and I'm really um, excited to see more of him. Yeah, and I mean, I think from my point of view, Kamara was my man of the match against Hearts. I thought he was absolutely superb. That Glenn Kamara's never out your team. But the problem I have right now, and I think a lot of the support I speak to do, I can't trust that that will show up. I don't know. More often than not, we get that kind of tepid, not really looking fully engaged Glenn Kamara that we got yesterday. Um, and that is a, a huge source of frustration. To be honest, I, I really do think that for me, Kamara almost feels like his race is run at Rangers. I think it would suit everybody. I think he needs a new challenge. I think we need a new option in there. Um, it's not about ability in the slightest. He's got the ability. We saw that. He goes to arguably, well, not arguably, meet literally the second toughest away ground in the country, and he puts in a performance like that. But then we're at home at Partick Thistle, and he puts in one like that. And the latter have been coming up more often than the former for me all season. Yeah, I think that's bang on. And and see the word we used or you used perfectly earlier on, coasting. That's Glenn Kamara. That's what he does. Sometimes he just turns up like yesterday. And, he, and listen, I don't want to be ultra negative about an in particular player or, or the team, but I think that's correct. I think he coasted yesterday. I think maybe he thought that you know it was going to be easier than it is. Now, he wasn't the only one. You made a point um, right at the start of this about James Tavernier's performance. I lost count of the amount of times he gave the ball away yesterday and the amount of times that I felt like I was saying to you guys that he's just having such a bad game. And he's and we know that he's struggling. I, I get that, whether it's a hangover from last year, whether it's a fitness thing and stuff. 
whether he'll just he'll he'll naturally fix himself. I'm not sure, but there's there's a few of them in there that that maybe um, are, are kind of not consistently hitting the levels that we want them to get now. Even if you look at the likes of John Lundstrom at Tynecastle, he was incredibly good. That was going back to his best period. We've not seen that enough. Glenn Kamara, to me, I think the same as you. I think it almost seems inevitable that he'll be one of the ones to move on in the summer. But it might need that, David. I think that, see, when we talk about more in general the, the squad and sometimes the habits that they pick up, it might take three or four of the potentially bigger ones to, to move on for them to break that and become a different mentality. It maybe might even be guys that we don't want to go. Um, it might be some of the really big hitters when you think about Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morelos, Glenn Kamara. You know, there's going to be guys like Phil Hollander and stuff that will move on as well. Kamar Roof, is he going to move on? These guys moving on, it, they're going to be losses, David, absolutely, but it creates the opportunity to, to reinvent the, the kind of mentality and, the and culture. Lose, lose that culture of the squad, absolutely. So there's pluses and, and negatives and I agree with you completely. I think the coasting thing and, and sometimes the attitude of the, of the squad, I'm not saying it's bad, maybe it's just a wee bit more relaxed than we want it to be because I don't think you can say they've got a bad attitude when they can kick in and recover as much as they have but it's just why do we always need to recover that we need to look at and kind of try and fix Absolutely. Well, folks, that will do us uh, probably a deeper discussion than we had thought on Friday we'd be doing on this Monday show. Um, Adam will be back with Heart and Hand Extra later in the week, looking ahead to the weekend trip to Livingston. So uh, I hope you all tune in for that. But of course, if you want to hear more from us on Heart and Hand, then up to five shows every single day on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. We're also bringing out our latest scarf collaboration with the famous uh, i know a lot of you like the famous knitwear we're bringing out uh, a new scarf for them it's a a more subtle ranger scarf one that you could wear to the game and then into town after it so uh, i'll put the description uh, the the link in the show description go and have a look at that my thanks as always to our executive producers in london mike lee and paul myers and to my guest uh, the wonderful stevie clifford david thanks very much for having us on and um, thanks very much for everybody for listening it was a different kind of show uh, when we maybe set off on our journey yesterday we never thought we'd be discussing the things that we have been today but that's that's rangers for you it's never a dull moment that's exactly it. it is never ever boring following rangers right folks thanks for joining us i'll talk to you again on here next week take care everyone bye-bye <laughs> Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.